Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to a new episode of the Mayor Tom Henry podcast. This is episode number 101, 101, recorded on Thursday, August the 10th, 2023, from Citizen Square in beautiful downtown Fort Wayne. On today's show, we're going to be discussing neighborhoods and how the city of Fort Wayne is actively working to build strong and healthy neighborhoods for all of our residents. I've always said that neighborhoods are the backbone of our city because they're places that we live, work, and play. Each neighborhood has its own story to tell, and that's what makes them all unique and special. So for a detailed look at how we're improving the quality of life of our neighborhoods in Fort Wayne, I'm pleased to be joined by Dan Baisden, who serves as the uh, community it's, it says CD, CD administrator. Yeah, it's, community it's community development administrator for the city of Fort Wayne's neighborhood planning and activation group. Dan, thanks for coming today. I, what I'd like to do is start off uh, by asking you uh, to tell us a little bit about yourself. I know uh, I, I do that from time to time for the citizens because uh, you know they may know what you do, but they don't know you. So. Dan, why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Thank you, Mayor. I appreciate the opportunity to be here today and to talk about uh, what we do as a team, but also just kind of introduce myself to the community. Uh, a lot of you might have seen me out and about, um, you know, at events and uh, walks and things like that, but um, I've been a resident of the city of Fort Wayne now for just over 11 years. Uh, moved here um, last decade uh, for a different career opportunity. Mm-hmm and uh, worked my uh, way through a career change and now work for the city. But I'm a resident of the Packard area um, and uh, really proud to be um, assumed to be a homeowner there. And then also um, just uh, worked a full-time career in broadcast media management uh, when I first came to Fort Wayne. Um, might have heard me on the radio by a different last name. Um, <laughs> but uh, I also lived in places in Arizona, Ohio, Utah, uh, Indiana, and Kentucky before settling here in Fort Wayne. So you've been around. Just been around a little as bit. As young yeah. as you are. Uh, it's unbelievable. I look younger than I am. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, the city of Fort Wayne created the Neighborhood Planning and Activation Group. Uh, we did that to ramp up our efforts to engage Fort Wayne neighborhoods in decision-making throughout our community as it relates to, to the uh, area outside of downtown. Will you tell us a little bit about that group and what goals you have for the neighborhood for neighborhood engagement? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, you know, I, I really want to note that it's it's about our team. We have an amazing team in place that have uh, you know decades of experience of different backgrounds. Um, you know, my, myself, I've been in the planning field um, uh, in different levels of the planning field for just about five to seven years. Uh, background in urban planning and urban sociology and community development. And then uh, we uh, have Josh Campbell, who's Mm -hmm. been with the city for just about four years now. Um, His background is in urban planning. uh, And then he's also a Fort Wayne native, originally from here. Uh, Raina Bradley joined the city last year uh, from a different organization in town, and she's focused on neighborhood planning and activation. And then Bernadette Fellows is our community engagement planner. Um, She's been um, a resident of the community for, for a long time. And then Megan Grable's our newest hire, and she's a Southside High School grad, um, moved, uh, moved uh, off to college over in Pennsylvania, moved around the country a bit, and just came back to Fort Wayne earlier this year, and she works with neighborhood planning and organization engagement. So we've got a really fantastic team in place, and we're really thankful for that. You know what's really great is to hear about people who have left Fort Wayne and then come back. 
Uh, it is, it's, a, it's a great place to raise a family. There's no question about that. But I know that you and your, your team are, are active in the neighborhoods every day. Uh, so what are some things that neighborhood leaders and residents are telling you about the improvements happening in, in Fort Wayne, as, again, as it relates to neighborhoods? We hear a lot about downtown Fort Wayne. And a lot of uh, residents, I think, are uh, under uh, um, the uh, impression that we're not doing much in the neighborhoods. Well, you and I both know that's, that's erroneous. Uh, so what, what's going on in the neighborhoods? Yeah, we, um, so this work group, when it was uh, formed, you know, we had a couple focus areas that we really wanted to dive into. First was neighborhood planning. So that's getting back out into the neighborhoods, engaging them, helping them develop long-range 10, 15 year plans of improvements they want to make at the neighborhood level. Um, you know, and it could be things such as uh, sidewalk improvements, curb improvements, uh, lighting, safety, um, historic preservation, kind of run the gamut with that. But the, the idea is to, to create resilient development and um, physical improvements for the neighborhood o over the next decade. And then we work on implementing those plans mm -hmm. and um, Packard 2030 is the most recent example of that, which was adopted and is currently being implemented. Um, we're also working in neighborhood activation, so um, a few programs we just launched this year, including uh, neighborhood status assessments, where we're working with associations that are brand new or, um, you know, used to exist maybe 20, 30 years ago and have went, um, went defunct, and now they're trying to come back, which is really exciting. Um, Fortify is a new program we launched this year. Um, they're focused on civic engagement, grant writing, governance, asset-based or focused community development, and deliver, uh, deliverable of a quick action plan for the neighborhood. Um, East Central and Harvester are two of our neighborhoods, which we're working on on those. Um, we're developing a series of 101 guides with neighborhood associations on how to accomplish basic, simple tasks at the city level. Um, we also have the Neighborhood Grant Program. Um, we're getting into SEPTED, which is crime prevention through environmental design in partnership with the Fort Wayne Police Department and then community engagement. But really, we're looking at um, you know, neighborhoods holistically. The curbs and sidewalks are important, but it's also about the social development and, the, and, the, and um, you know, building relationships and connections. And so when we're out walking with the neighborhoods and um, talking with folks, uh, they're happy that there's a focus back on neighborhood associations. Let's talk about your area the, uh, and the 2030 PAC, uh, na PAC neighborhood plan. Uh, what are the, some of the details uh, for the Packard area. Oh yeah, we so Packard was uh, a really great project because we had such high levels of engagement. Um, you know, we just about 1,500 touch points with the public over the course of two years um, through surveys and open houses and focus groups and things like that. But so so you could really say it is a community focused plan. Um, the uh, the goals, the strategies, the action steps are, are developed and designed by the community of things they wanted to accomplish. Um, you know, a couple of the areas inside there are again historic preservation, neighborhood and corridor beautification. You know, you've got some beautiful corridors, Fairfield, Rudisill, Broadway that run through the middle of the neighborhood. Um, and then housing infill, public space improvements, pedestrian safety enhancements. Um, you know, two of the things we're really focused on this year is those pedestrian safety enhancements. So we're looking at uh, specific crosswalks mm -hmm. where there might be higher levels of folks walking to and from parks and schools. Um, and, and how do we make improvements there? But also, uh, there's an area that's called Irish Town, which I'm really <laughs> excited about uh, diving more into that at some point and uh, kind of bringing that neighborhood back to life. Well, you also mentioned uh, the neighborhood improvement grants mm -hmm. to help out with curb appeal for for neighborhoods. Can you talk tell us a little bit about that as well? 
Yeah, so Neighborhood Improvement Grants, um, Bernadette Fellows on our team, she's the administrator for that program. Um, and last year we worked, uh, we took over the program uh, in community development. We worked with 39 neighborhood associations on, um, you, you know, up to $5,000 improvement projects. So anything from signage to lighting to, to, to benches and tables and things like that to help improve public spaces inside the neighborhood associations. Uh, this year we increased the number of neighborhoods that received grants to 47. Um, which is the highest number we've ever had. We had over 60 applications. So neighborhoods are really excited about opportunities to use um, funding to make improvements that they really want to see in their neighborhood. So signage uh, as you enter in or leave neighborhoods, uh, lighting as you mentioned, uh, you know, benches perhaps, mm -hmm. uh, or if they have a neighborhood park, maybe they could do some things to help enhance uh, the park. Uh, and you're saying five thousand, up to five thousand dollars? Yes, up to five thousand um, dollars. This year, uh, we changed one of the requirements too to make sure that it was really community-engaged projects. Um, you know, in the past, it was maybe just a list of items they wanted to get accomplished, um, and they could apply for that. Uh, this year, they had to actively engage the community, make sure people were invited to meetings or give feedback on surveys, and then they had to prove that they did these surveys engagement uh, with residents of their neighborhood association. Well, Dan, I know that. Uh there are a number of people who live in our city who, who want to get involved, and they don't know how. Now, granted, they could go to neighborhood association meetings, but unfortunately, not all of our neighborhoods have associations. Yes. <laughs> uh, and you're going to be putting together, or you and your team have put together, uh, a Inspire Neighborhood Conference. Uh, that's going to be uh, taking place in September, September the 14th. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure, Inspire. Uh, so in the past, the Fort Wayne participated in a different uh, neighborhoods conference that we shared with other states. Um, you know, and, and then in 2020 and 2021, that conference took a little bit of a break. Uh, and, and so we felt the need, and based off of what we heard from members of the community, we needed to have another opportunity for um, neighborhood presidents and leaders to engage and learn from one another. And so we wanted to launch Inspire, the neighborhood conference, and, um, and that's going to be held at Electric Works coming up on September 14th. Uh, it is free to the, the, to the early registrants um, to get in, and uh, we're going to provide lunch and workshops and training and uh, opportunities to talk to vendors and uh, learn about how to make improvements to the neighborhood at whatever scale or level they want. Um, Bree Jones is going to be our keynote um, from Baltimore, and we also have somebody uh, who's going to talk about conflict management in neighborhoods. And so, you know, a wide variety of topics, but it's things that we've heard from neighborhood associations saying this is the stuff they want to learn and improve on. Dan, years ago we had a program uh, called uh, the Neighborhood Watch Program, mm, yeah. where you know, neighbor, neighbors would literally uh, keep watch on the neighborhood to make sure that there was any any uh, activity that was out of the normal range uh, that they would report. Do we still have any of those? Yeah, there's a few neighborhood associations that still have active watch programs. I mean, it is truly a volunteer-led, um, all of our neighborhoods are volunteer-led, and so it's finding the volunteers that are willing to step up and do that. Sometimes that can be challenging, but if they see the benefits from it, that's really the, the what we what we want to try to promote more more of. Um, but I do know of a few of our associations that have active neighborhood watch programs, and uh, we're actively working trying to implement SEPTED, which is the Crime Prevention Through Environmental Design, and a few of our neighborhood associations too. 
Also, uh, homeowners, uh, owner-occupied homes primarily, uh, they're also eligible for monies uh, to fix up their homes. Now, again, going back to that curb appeal, uh, it's not just for curbs and sidewalks and, and signage and so on, but homeowners themselves are in many cases eligible for some assistance to fix up the front of their homes. Yeah, so this year we launched a pilot program. We wanted to understand you know, some of the benefits and where we could make adjustments for 2024. Uh, so we launched a pilot program with community development and the different departments in there uh, working with housing and neighborhood services and um, code uh, neighborhood code to create a um, just a small um, but a really impactful uh, curb appeal program so the idea is landscaping at the front of your house maybe you know changing out a front door or some front windows or making uh, paint improvements to your house and we believe by investing in those kind of projects at the neighborhood level uh, and it had to be in areas that had active or recently active neighborhood plans mm -hmm. um, because those were the, the communities that were engaging on that level. Um, we wanted to make sure that they had an opportunity to make improvements to their home that would hopefully spur additional improvements to other homes in the neighborhood. I want to go back to something you talked about a few minutes ago, Irish Town. <laughs> yes. Uh, you, you mentioned that to me some time ago, and it, it uh, was fascinating how there was actually a part of our town at one time uh, that was predominantly Irish in, in concentration. Can you share with the listeners a little bit more about that? Yeah, it's actually one of our oldest neighborhoods in the city, um, active probably from the early to mid-1850s during the building of the canal and then the railroads. Um, you know, we had a lot of Irish uh, immigrants that came to the community and they needed a place to stay and settle and so they actually built their own neighborhood where they had um, houses and a school and uh, a church and um, you know businesses that they owned and operated there was a fire station there on Prince Street um, that um, was mostly staffed by Irish um, folks and so um, this truly was a neighborhood that they built uh, a community that they built where they focused on their traditions and brought it to Fort Wayne and, um, you know, the identity of Irish Town kind of slipped away in the late 1920s, early 1930s. Um, so where is that area now? Yeah, so it's right below the ballpark, but it's actually on the other side of the railroad track. So if you're going south on Fairfield, um, there's uh, the intersection of Fairfield and Taylor is kind of the epicenter of where Irish Town was, but it stretches over to Calhoun. So the neighborhood is called Hoagland Masterson and parts of Williams, Woodland, and Poplar today. Mm -hmm. But that was originally all called Irish. So that's Town. the area where, like, George's International is. And, yeah, yeah, directly. And, and the brewery and all of that. Yeah, so going from, uh, you know, kind of from Broadway to Creighton, or uh, Broadway to Creighton, and then over to um, uh, um, Calhoun up to the railroad track. I'll be darned. Yeah, so St. Patrick's is there. Yeah. Uh, and then you have um, just some really fascinating history with that area. Uh, and we're trying to find ways to honor that history, uh, honor that settlement in the city and uh, really showcase it in a really exciting new way. Oh, that's, fa that's, that's really fascinating. I, I never knew that. Yeah, it was a hidden history for many yeah. years. <laughs> well, one last question. What's one neighborhood project that you've worked on that you're most proud of? I have six. Can I go through that? <laughs> oh, no, yeah, no, that's okay. I, I, I have more than one, too. So Good. No, go right ahead. I, I think there's so many. That, that's the thing with neighborhoods. We have so many of them, and so many have so uh, you know unique stories of, of, their, uh, of how they're coming along. Um, two specifically just really stand out recently, and that's Harvester, the Harvester Neighborhood Association. We just did a walk there a couple mm, of weeks ago. Right. 
And um, the president, uh, Gret Macklin, she, um, you know, she's really uh, excited to get that neighborhood association back up and running. It's celebrating its 100th anniversary this year mm -hmm. as an association. And so we've spent the last year and uh, we had a block party uh, a couple of weeks ago um, with residents and about 50 or so residents came out and celebrated and many of them that's the first time they had met each other and they lived in the neighborhood for you know 10 15 years mm. so building those relationships were really great and seeing the the progress and harvester and then a, another really great project is um, you know what we're doing um, at the neighborhood level with uh, Hamilton and Nebraska and Bloomingdale and and all these great neighborhoods where we're um, starting to see people come back out and want to get involved in their association, knowing it's volunteer, knowing that they're not going to get recognition, but really knowing that they're going to make improvements um, for future generations. You know, it's interesting you say that because, as you know, you and I, as well as some others, walked a neighborhood the other night, and uh, really, for the most part, it, it doesn't make a lot of headlines for the uh, work that that particular neighborhood does, uh, but yet uh, the Neighbors that we met were all very happy to be there. Uh, those people in the neighborhood that they knew, they liked them. There wasn't any real uh, uh, terrible concerns. Uh, granted, they want some more infrastructure done and so on, but that's pretty common. Uh, but I was fascinated by how uh, uh, how happy they were with their neighborhoods, and, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, except for a few minor glitches here and there, uh, it. Uh, it's no different than any other neighborhood. It, that's that's the, that's exactly it. I, I think we had a kickoff event for Hamilton. We're getting that neighborhood back up and relaunched. And uh, for the kickoff meeting, you know, a meeting where people have to come out and uh, give their feedback and input in a meeting, uh, not a, not the most glamorous uh, right. thing at times. Uh -huh. We had over 30 people show up yeah. uh, saying oh. they wanted to be a part of the relaunch of Hamilton neighborhood, a purely volunteer neighborhood, yeah, and that shows that the people are passionate about where right. they live. Right. Well. Dan, that's, that's about all the time we have for today. I want to thank you for coming on the show, and I, I continue to be impressed with the work that you and your, and your staff are doing for the neighborhoods. Uh, unquestionably, you're making a, making a difference. Well, with that, I also want to thank you, the listeners, again, for tuning in today. It's another great day in the city of Fort Wayne, so let's keep our momentum going. This is Mayor Tom Henry, and we'll see you again soon.